fall afternoon it is so it's so lovely to be indoors today <laughs> um hey i opened the window though so that's good okay yeah yeah um so yeah we read a a, a classic it is a classic this is this is I've, I've been aware of this book um and wanting to read it since well well before we started this podcast low these many years okay and i'm so glad that we finally got to read it yeah, I'm glad as we're winding down this podcast yeah. to finally return to days of yore. Days of yore. <laughs> yeah, so so this is a so we're reading Matthew Lewis's The Monk, um, which is uh, one of the most famous of the original Gothic romances. <laughs> romance, um, yeah, romance being like a fa- fantastic story. Um, and uh, boy, has that word changed? <laughs> yes, it really has. And so is the word gothic. You know, he th- no, at no point does any of these nuns wear black lipstick. <laughs> Not a pierced nipple That's anywhere. True. Well, <laughs> well, you don't, don't you don't know, know about that. <laughs> um, but um, so you know, being a, a half-assed a horror scholar such as I am, I set myself the task of reading some of these gothics because I had never done it before. So years ago, I read. Um, Horace Walpole's uh, The Castle of Otranto, which is identified as the very first gothic novel, you know, haunted um, That's castle. That's where we read that for this podcast. We, we might have. I, I, I don't think so, though. Maybe we just read it, the two of us. Um, and I, I hated it. I just couldn't find any purchase on it. it, mm. it no, the, that wasn't the, the one we read. Yeah, the plot yeah. seemed dumb and... Uh, and you know, it was, but it was the first, first of its kind. So that kind of put me off of reading these old gothics until now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now reading The Monk, I'm like, well, maybe I should give these guys a try again. I mean, you couldn't really see how they're figuring out how to write a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so this one, uh, is, you know, it's a medium length book. It's about 250, 300 pages it long. It feels like 400. But. Yeah, and Castle of Otranto was only like 120. Um, but the like the other most famous Gothic uh, novelist, um, uh, Anne Radcliffe, her books are like six, seven, eight hundred pages long. <laughs> that's that's a long that's a long sit to find out if the ghost is real or not. <laughs> It never is. So I read the introduction. It was written by, I can't read this because I don't have my glasses, mm-hmm. by that guy. Uh, Christopher McLaughlin. Yeah. And he mentions Anne Radcliffe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, they, were, they were contemporaries. Uh, he said that what was different about this book mm-hmm. is that Matthew Lewis was very interested in the theater and that mm-hmm. how he writes is very much it, how it would 
almost envision it being a play. Sure. And even how he describes what's happening with the characters sound like stage direction. Yeah. And um, uh, and even how it's broken in, the the way it's broken into parts and these two con- stories that will start to converge yeah. towards each other. Right. Um, and he was he was much more interested. He wrote plays. He wrote poetry. He was more interested in theater. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he wrote this book like in five weeks or something crazy like that. Yeah, when he was in his early 20s, even late teens. Yeah. Um, and in fact, later in life, he had to like sort of tiptoe around it because it he was... He edited it a couple times Yeah. changed some things because he, he ended up becoming an MP. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, uh, uh, which uh, for Americans is a, a member of parliament. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they could have looked that up. Mm-hmm. So... Um, not the military police. He uh, <laughs> and he got a lot of shit. For this yeah, book. he did. He had to sort of. Yeah, so he sort of expurgated himself. You know, uh, whenever he's writing about um, Ambrosio's, you know, throes of lust, he just talks about his, you know, his passion. He changed it to passion. Um, but I'm pretty sure the the version that we read here is the original, unexpurgated. Saucy, yeah, saucy version. He also made a lot of money. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. Because even though people were scandalized by it, they were reading it. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, I shouldn't be reading this. Oh, like, this what, is horrible. This is terrible. So immoral. <laughs> pearls clutched permanently. I got. Well, I'm turning. How do I clutch my pearls while I'm turning the page? I got pearl pearl marks all over. Pearl jam my all over. My... <laughs> oh, those kind oh, of pearls. Oh, those kind of pearls. <laughs> Um, but, but so I was a little apprehensive about reading this book, thinking that if this, this is going to be one of those inscrutable right. or eye rolling gothics. Right. Um, and yeah, it, it's, um, the, the plot is, uh, well, see, it's not obvious. It's not an obvious plot. Uh, I was going to say that you can tell what's going to happen. Um, but it's, uh, there's some, there's, there are some surprises, like real surprises. I mean, you really can't tell what's going to happen unless you read before. Yeah. Like the. You know, especially the ending, the very end, the, the very... end of Ambrosio mm-hmm. was that was the best. It was ever. apocalyptic. It was so yeah. great. <laughs> and there's like that. There's one more big reveal at the very end. I mean, there's nothing but reveals. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so you read it on page, and I listened to it, and I was I was uh, telling you recently that. Um, I had uh, two different access to two different audiobooks of it, uh, two different readers, and um, so I just chose one and I listened to it, and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, but every once in a while, I would just sort of lose the thread. Yeah, it's uh, easy to lose the thread. Um, yeah, because characters it meanders a bit. It meanders a bit, and there, there's a there's a, a really a couple of really big digressions that you know become they, they become necessary to know. But it feels like a digression. You're like, why yeah, are like, we? What? Why are, are we in Germany now? And right. That's it. <laughs> that's when I kept, would turn the pages back and go, wait, did I? Was I like not paying attention? Because how did we get here? Yeah, that was a, that was like, the, oh, okay. that was the story of Don Ramirez and how Don Ramirez met Antonia, um, and why their love is being thwarted. Because of superstition and all this kind of stuff, so it makes sense. No, so there I, was the other. No, the uh, that wasn't the di- digression for me. It was the digression of uh, the the brigands. Oh yeah, so that yeah, that's 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 part of the story. Because so the, with the brigands, and that's how he ends up uh, saving Antonia's mother. 
going to the castle and meeting Antonia, and uh, no, not Ant- no, it's Agnes's uh, stepmother. Agnes. Oh, you're right. Um, hold it. Agnes is. Agnes is the pregnant nun. That's yeah. You're right. Agnes is the pregnant nun. It was the Baroness. Yes. Okay. The Baroness. Right. 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 Yeah. 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 I mean, there's... I mean, a lot of the names are the sound the same. I know it's you know, Antonia, yeah. Ambrosio, Agnes, Agnes, Don Ramirez, uh, Lorenzo, Lorenzo. Uh, then the uh, aunt, I forgot her name already. Uh, Lintanella, Lintanella, something like that. And then the mom, Ethel, or something. Uh, Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> Elvira. It's just in the dark. Um, but uh, you, and Matilda, <laughs> yeah. who's really Rosario. Yeah, Matilda. Which Ros- is a which is a. Yeah. I thought it was a female name, but I forgot in Spanish, Rosario, the O's are at the end of male's names. Yeah, so it would yeah. be Rosaria. Yeah, so... No, but in the book it was Rosario. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, because it was, that's so right, because it was a dra- man. Yeah, he's in drag. Yeah, he's in drag. She's in drag, yeah. yeah. The, um... Uh, so I, so uh, I enjoyed uh, listening to it very much, and I thought that you probably weren't done yet. And I was like, you know what? I bet you I could listen to this other one. This has never happened before <laughs> mm-hmm. where I've listened to two mm-hmm. uh, of the same uh, an audiobook in two different versions, back to back. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, the second reading was even better. <laughs> was the reader good? Or? The, the, both of the readers were good. In fact, in one of the readings, uh, all the songs that, um, huh. uh, that what's mm. his name? Uh, Timothy? I can't remember the kid's name. His, uh, uh, Don Rosario's uh, page. Yeah, all that he sings or that at, uh, Antonia sings um, are sung. They have somebody singing them. Oh, cool! Which is really and, or playing guitar, yeah. accompaniment. They just you know they're sitting in front of a microphone and doing it, um, making it up. But it was it was a, 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 an extra effort that I really appreciate. That's great. Um, but the reader for the second one, the other one was uh, especially good. But as I was going through it again, knowing how. The plots work out, and um, you know they have this big reveal at the end, which we'll, we'll talk about later. Um, so I was like, do they actually like like lay the groundwork for that, or, th- or or does Satan literally just pull it out of his ass? And nope, nope, they absolutely do. Yeah, he absolutely does. Uh, there are hints, yeah, um, as to who Ambrosio's parents are. So. Um, yeah, so I liked it even more, and this is a book I may come back to again um, as. Uh, just a really. I would like to listen to it. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 provide you access to the same access that I had. <laughs> this um. This is a book about hubris. <laughs> oh dear, yes it is. And. Uh, and yeah, it's you uh, can tell where this monk, even if there wasn't <laughs> Satan or anything, yeah, this where this monk was headed yeah. was not going to be great. Yeah, no, it's um, you know when you when you when you're introduced to him, uh, you know he's this this pillar of light and all of um, uh, and he knows it and he knows it <laughs> and all of Madrid, you know, like all the best families, you know, request him as this confessor, um, and all the young ladies are like, oh, he's so dreamy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's just perfectly set up for a fall. Um, and you find out, uh, you suspect then by the end that um, his perfection was what uh, attracted which Lucifer. Is, which is what attracted Lucifer. Yeah. If I could, if I could get this one, that that's really t- taking this piece from God's chessboard will really piss him off. Yeah, and he does yeah. <laughs> very sneakily, very 
Step by step, yeah. bit by bit. The um, it didn't take much though. That's no, the no. problem. He's he was on the precipice the whole time. All he needed was a little lust. Yeah. All so he this... needed was to see a boob. Yeah so, yeah. so let's talk about that. So this book, it's not about it's not he's not so much about the lust for power or wealth or prestige. He just wants sex. He wants to fuck. Yeah, that's that is his downfall. Because um, he didn't think he ever wanted to. Yeah. Because he thought. He grew up in a monastery. He grew up in a monastery, yeah. Uh, he was... Cloistered. He was not allowed to like leave the leave the cloister. Um, and one of his, you know, one of his many sins that he allows himself on his way to his damnation is to finally leave the cloister. Oh yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, he left the cloister. Yeah, but um, many times he left the cloister. Yeah, but at the end there, he's leaving it a, a lot. He's, he's hardly there at all. <laughs> he's like, <I'm laughs> why isn't he there for dinner? <laughs> like, Ambrosio, for... <laughs> he's praying again. <laughs> Praying a lot lately. <laughs> okay, so maybe let's lay out quickly the plot as best as we can. As best we can. There's really two plots. There's um, there's the plot of uh, Rose of Ambrosio and his downfall, um, which runs with the main players. There are um, his uh, his uh, mentee Rosario, Rosario who's who, really a woman, yeah, Matilda. Who's, who's revealed to be Matilda, who you think is just this? She's not really a woman either. Yeah. <laughs> we think is this this um, extremely imaginative and devout uh, young lady who wants to be as close to him as she can because of his holiness. And then it so, seems awkward when she changes from being his... Uh, his protégé. Yeah, yeah, his protégé to being his seductress, to being a physical, uh, sexual seductress, to being his spiritual seductress. Um and there's something going on. I mean, in that story. everything happens very quickly. Yeah, and there's something going on in that story. There's something very, very queer in their relationship, um, in the broadest sense of the term. Yeah. Um, all the cross dressing and the. Uh, it's very Shakespearean. <laughs> very Shakespearean. Um, and so there's all that story. the cross. It's the Victor Victoria of, <laughs> of that generation. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and she, uh, uh, Matilda helps Ambrosio. Uh, uh, you know, and his later sins, he's his he decides that he wishes to seduce um, Antonia, Antonia, um, who is uh, a fifteen-year-old, uh, yeah, woman uh, under the care of her mother Elvira, who uh, is just traveled back to Milan from some foreign land uh, where she lost her husband, and she's trying to get her her. Um, they've come to Madrid, yeah, to get their. Um, and not their inheritance, but they have an allowance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're trying to appeal to the uncle or the whoever uncle, it is. Yeah. To uh, get... Don, uh, I, I can't, this, this is a name I will not be able to remember. So, it's, yeah, an uncle, um, a relative. Then there's the story of uh, Lorenzo, uh, who is a young nobleman, un, unattached, who falls in love with... Antonia, same woman, same woman. Um, after seeing her at a mass that's being said by An Ambrosio, and he has a sister, and he has a sister whose name is Agnes. Agnes. And so the other main plot is the story of Agnes and Don Ramirez. Yes, uh, Don Ramirez uh, is a, a nobleman who knows Don Lorenzo from school, apparently. 
uh, and uh, they meet by chance at the same mass. Um, and uh, Don Ramirez has fallen in love with a young woman that he meets. There's this long story that's the whole Germany story. He falls in love with this woman and uh, relatives and circumstances keeps him from being able to wed her and in fact she because she has been promised to the nunnery. Yeah, she's been. So uh, he seduces her. Her. Yeah, well, so she, she, uh, there's a whole bunch of business about, you know, trying to elope with her and that doesn't work. And, um, and then she, uh, he dresses as the gardener, dresses <laughs> as the gardener and the, the whole bleeding nun story is in there, which we'll get to it at some point. Um, but that all fails and she ends up in the convent in Milan. Preggers. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's, yeah, he's, but he's finds a way to get into the garden of the convent in, in, into the, the, and, uh, and they they meet a lot, and then one night they have relations. <laughs> one one night, his passion overcomes him, and she allows him to seduce her, and she, yeah, she becomes pregnant. So there's this desperate attempt to get her out of the nunnery, and also they get a papal bull that that um, to that extinguishes her vows, yes. releases her from her vows. Yes, but there's also an evil evil prioress. Yeah, an evil prioress who is. Um, uh, is a little more, she's more about power and prestige and not so much about lust. That's her sin. She likes to collect the daughters of the wealthy well, yeah. and the well-known and, and keep her, the reputation of her convent, um, as to be, as to be among the best, but she's very vindictive, very cruel. And, um, and the, the tortures that she, uh, makes Agnes, uh, undergo is, are pretty horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, this the, there are descriptions in the end of this book where you you are hear what what Agnes undergoes, and it would it'd be strong stuff for a novel today. It's lurid. Yeah, it's lurid and it's it's hor it's horrifying. So you've got this one, the, and these are intersecting stories in the end. But you've got uh, you know Lorenzo who is in love with Antonia, who's being pursued by Ambrosio, mm -hmm. and you've got. Agnes in the convent and Ambrosio is the one who tattles on her and gets her into trouble because yes. he finds a letter that was written to her about their, her escape plans. Yep. And then, um, you've got, uh, this, that plot of trying to save Agnes and yeah, find out where to... Agnes is. Yeah. And then you have, you have a lot of doubling here. So you've got, mm -hmm. um, Agnes is made to seem like she's been She's dead. Yes. And so there's a whole funeral thing yep. that goes on with that. And Antonio is also <laughs> made to seem to be dead. So and that so that they can um so that Ambrosio can uh fuck her. Fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Like have her in his power. Like she's like the when when he so let's just go there. That you at the end he finally does it. She, well hold on, but so here's what happens. Ros Rosario Reveals herself to be Matilda. She is, um, you find out later she's really a demon. She's a plant. She's a plant. She's yeah. Satan's, she's Lucifer's plant. I don't even think it's Satan. I think it's Lucifer. Yeah. She's Lucifer's plant. And um, she is the one who seduces Ambrosio. And then she does some uh, witchcraft and yes. gives him this myrtle branch that can lead him into locked doors. Yep. And put uh, Antonio under a 
spell of sleep mm-hmm. and he he wants to fuck her while she's sleeping because you know <laughs> and the mother comes in and screams at him and yeah. he freaks out and kills her <laughs> kills her because she she knows who he, she can denounce him and, and she and was going away. to and then yeah. antonio's asleep and it wakes up and he's gone and the mother's dead and so there's a big funeral around that yep yep and they're trying to get uh so then she's all distressed and she, they ask Ambrosio to come to counsel her. Yes. And, and poor Antonia still thinks that she's uh, that he's her spiritual, you know, guide, and he's just he's he's that he's that it? priest leering after um, yeah. uh, the, the the young. It's it's and, it's horrifying. And Lorenzo's in love with her and wants to marry her, and the mother says no because he doesn't have any money, and yeah. so there's that whole plot. And uh, yeah. but then Ambrosio. Gives her a potion that puts her into a coma that looks makes her look like she's dead. What, yeah, and uh, he she is buried in a crypt, mm-hmm. and but then he revives her and starts to have his way with her, and yep. that's all that happens. Yeah, and while there are like literally the moldering bodies of nuns, like yeah. with worms crawling <laughs> yeah. on them, all around them, and then Agnes is is not dead; she's been <laughs> confined. Underneath a statue of St. Clair. Yes. <laughs> and, and there's this winding staircase and tunnels and hallways. And she's been like, is she chained to something? Or yeah. and she was a dead baby because the baby died because she's been starved to death yep. and tortured. And um, yeah, so, she, so she's eventually found at the end clutching the moldering body of her, of her baby, whose sex we never find out. No. And we also, and then Antonio, and, uh, Antonia dies. She is gets dashed to the floor and dies. Yeah, because math, uh, because uh, the the Ambrosio the monk uh, is needs to shut her up so that she because people are coming. People are coming. She has to. She can't make any more noise. So yeah. So so then what happens is uh, so Matilda Ambrosio spies on her while she's doing witchcraft and she. Does sort of a magic circle and mm-hmm. call calls Lucifer. Lucifer, who's just beautiful and yep. naked and stars on his head, and then it turns out that she's was planted there all along. Yep. So anyhow, Matilda and Lorenzo uh, Alfonso get arrested and tried, and Matilda makes a deal with the Lucifer, and she he frees her, yep. and she's trying to convince. Ambrosio. Ambrosio to make a similar deal, and of course he, you know, I may be bad, but I can go to heaven. Yeah, God's mercy, still, blah blah blah. I can, blah, still, blah. Yeah, I can <laughs> still repent. I can still repent, and it's looking more dire. So uh, Lucifer comes, but he does not look beautiful this time. He nope. looks uh, more demonic, yep. and convinces him. To sign himself over, to sign his soul, his soul to, for his freedom, which he does. Which he does. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's been decided that he was going to be freed anyway. <laughs> He's going to be pardoned. But too late, and Lucifer uh, picks him up and flies through the ceiling of the prison into the mountains. Into the mountains, and is carrying him for quite a while. And then uh, the reveal is you are, are a stupid ass because you only I only agreed to free you. I didn't agree to let you live. live. 
Right. And he drops him (laughs) from the heights of of the sky and he falls to the ground and... Does not die. And it takes many, many days. Six days. There's water and he can't drag himself. The bugs are eating out... The eagles eat out his eyes. The bugs are crawling all over him. His bones are broke. It was just... Plus, plus, Lucifer has, has revealed at the very end, just before he drops him, the big final reveal... Which is that Ambrosio does not know he was left at the at the door of the monastery uh, when he was uh, an infant, um, and does not know his parentage. Well, he finds out who his mom was. His mom was Elvira. Mm-hmm. Antonio uh, and, was his sister, and, and he had raped his sister and he had killed his mother. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that was super awkward. That's very awkward. And, <laughs> and it was very effective. That that was. That was so effective. You get to the end of this book, I mean, you're, you're, like, you're like, wow! Because, you know, most of the book... So, you, oh, so there's a side story of the Bleeding Nun. Yes. So that you should probably say something about. Sure. But most of the book, there's nothing... There's nothing horror going on until... You know, now there's witchcraft, and now yeah. there's spells, and then I mean, it's all it all gets kind of revealed. But yeah. at the end is where all the horror is. Yeah, um, one of the things that uh, this book is um, frequently people frequently point out about this book is that uh, in Gothic novels before it, for the most part, when things were revealed, like the the ghost and the the, the bumping sounds in the hallways of the castle, or the the the, the shrouded ghostly figure that would wander the halls at night was always revealed to be more of like a Scooby-Doo, like a guy, you know, dressing up to scare people. It was yeah. like more of a Scooby-Doo thing. Matthew Lewis in this book, even as, as much as like the characters rail against the dangers of superstition, the pe- superstition is true. <laughs> Satan is actually out there. You know, but not moving, in the way you think. Moving yeah. in the wor- yeah, moving in the world and spells and, and witchcraft actually work um so uh uh that was uh and and the ghosts are really ghosts they're not just like they're not just you know old man potter down the stream trying to to drive off the the new prospectors um so uh so yeah let's speak about the ghosts um there's a couple in this book uh the most famous one is the bleeding nun which is uh, in that long size. Wasn't that story. a leap from Milch from uh, that we drank in the seventies? <laughs> no, bleeding but nun. <laughs> the, blue, the bleeding the, blue the, nun. The bleeding blue nun. Yeah, no, that's a uh, we will we will be tasting uh, of that <laughs> sooner or later. The tasting of her. <laughs> um, the uh, but uh, so yeah, that's the story of Don uh, Don Ramirez uh, when he is traveling. Uh, and he is uh, he gets uh, waylaid by those bandits um, at some place in Germany near Strasbourg, um, and uh, ends up you know there's this whole you know tensile thing where the bandits are pretending to be the it, the the lumberman the innkeepers, the innkeepers and, yeah. and and the the woman is trying to you know give him hints like, that there's you know, a blood that's a bed that's bloody there's a bloody bloody bed <laughs> ain't my menses <laughs> and um, so. Um, so there's that that whole bit, which is supposed to just sort of stand as his own little adventure story, but that leads into uh, Don Ramirez meeting, uh, saving this this uh, this, uh, this uh, Baroness, the Baroness, and out of gratitude, uh, he is invited back to their castle. And she falls in love with him. She falls in love with him. There's this whole there's a couple of like awkward you know 
Awkward. <laughs> Awkward, um, inappropriate, uh, you know, proposal plots and things like that, which I won't talk about. Um, but Don Ramirez falls in love with the Baroness's daughter and Agnes. I think it's her stepdaughter, right? Stepdaughter, Agnes. Yeah. yeah. Um, who has been promised by her superstitious parents to the convent because of some promise that they made when they were sick. Anyway, um... In this castle, there's a legend of the bleeding nun who every five years um, walks at midnight um, on, a, on the fifth day of May. She's wrapping people's knuckles with rulers. <laughs> with the rulers and making them clap the erasers and send and say the act Sending. of contrition <laughs> right. in front of class. Um, no, but she shows up and uh, uh, Don Ramirez is trying to, you know, trying uh, has fallen in love with Agnes and she has fallen in love with him and they want to escape and elope. And the blue nun story is really kind of mirrors the the bleeding nun story kind of mirrors Agnes's story because she's the blue nun uh, the (laughs) the fucking blue the bleeding nun is made to go into the comment when she doesn't want to she loves somebody else she's absolutely you know she gets does she get pregnant? That's why she's bleeding. Or uh, I, I can't. She gets stabbed, or something happens. Something happens. But, but, but she dies. Yeah, but but she's also she's also like she's become very perverse. She's become hypersexual yeah. and all those you know evil things. A that, sexy bleeding. A se- sexy bleeding nun. Um, anyway, so this elaborate uh, uh, elopement plot that they come up with where uh, Agnes is going to dress as the bleeding nun on the night that she's supposed to show up mm-hmm. and scare everybody away so that she can just sort of walk out of the castle without anybody stopping her. Right. Hop into um, Don Ramirez's uh, coach and off they go. Yeah, right. And except so Except the bleeding nun except the ble- into the coach. Except the actual real bleeding nun doesn't. And he elopes with her. So there's this whole side plot where um, Awkward. Turns, turns out she's related <laughs> to him. She's like his great 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 aunt, um, and as you know, you find out her evil story. And, and he com- she commissions him to bear- if he buries her, buries her bones on she can rest in peace. Yeah, and, and he's and she'd be released from her curse, and she won't have to haunt anymore. Anyway, so that all happens. But of course, poor Agnes is still stuck back at Caston uh, Lindenberg. And that story feels very gothic y. Super. Me, right? Yeah, that's kind of like it's a gothic story within a gothic. Yeah, story. that's kind of like 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 a castle of Toronto. It's a very kind of a goofy story. It's yeah. Really, um, uh, and but then you set that against the contrast of what actually happens in this book, which is you know itself a gothic story. It makes it, it makes just the events in this story seem even more horrible. Horrible. Well, it's like the play, it's very it is very Shakespearean if you think oh, yeah. it's the play within a play. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, for sure, for sure. So. Uh, but that doesn't work out. Yeah. So Agnes can, ends up in the convent. So in the end, in the end, um, uh, Matilda's off. Yeah, <laughs> to places unknown. Yeah, she's off to she's places a unknown. Little free little demon. Um, Ambrosio is horribly dead. Uh, and Loren- Lorenzo to- meets somebody named um, uh, Virginia. Victor- Virginia. Virginia. She just, she just coincidentally turns up at some yeah. point. Because uh, they got to give him a love interest. Yep. And then um, Don Ramirez and Agnes are together. Yep. And, oh, we forgot a really important plot point. Yeah. Is that uh, there's this big festival going on. Oh. And... The procession of St. Clair. And they, you know, denounce the prioress because there's another nun 
Mm-hmm. Is it a Ursula? Is it Saint something Saint Ursula? Saint Ursula. Uh, she is on the side of Agnes of Agnes and Lorenzo, and uh, Don Ramirez, and, and provides evidence that the prioress killed Agnes, and the crowd goes berserk and burns the convent down and nuns are scattering like ants and I know <laughs> and many of them die and they're actually they even, they even start attacking the monastery which is nearby um, until finally the, the authorities sort of you know play, uh, put the put the up, uprising down but um, it's like a January 6th though. oh I, they're like destroying relics and absolutely the whole that, that, that whole thing is happening but they horribly and then they light the, the thing on fire and they're in there <laughs> They lit the, oh, we just lit the convent on fire and we're inside the convent that we just lit on fire. We better get out of the convent. So they die. Some of them die from their own hands because they're stupid. Lack of planning. It was crazy. (laughs) It was a... It was a very effective climactic. That, that those last couple of chapters were like, what? Those crazy going? Spaniards burning stuff and so passionate. Some nuns are shipped off and they're rejected at at their at other convents. We don't want you. You're tainted. You're, you're an evil tainted nun. nuns. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Tainted nuns. Tainted nuns. So. Well, the, so, so that, that was our extremely plot. long, brief rundown. Oh my of the god, plot. we spent the whole damn Half thing talking about the plot. <laughs> I know it's a lot of plot. It's a lot. There's one thing about this story is there's a lot of plot. I know, but it's a, it it drives it drives the reading along. You just you you jump right along. It's it's a, it's a very readable book. Even now, what is it? Three hundred years later. Seventeen oh, hundreds. Yeah. Uh, two hundred. Two hundred something. Two hundred thirty years. Um, so yeah, no, it's, um, I'm very glad we read this book. Uh, so what do you think about the character? Do you feel like he has characters? There's, there's only really like, there's really only like one character. Everybody else is kind of stuck. They're kind of a type. Yeah. And the character is the title of the book. It's the monk. Yeah. He's a character. Um, Cause you get his in, well, you get a lot of their inner worlds, but you get a lot of his most inner of his, world. and most of his and his is like realistic. The, the other one, the other ones, you know, you have these these paper thin, uh, stock female characters, super innocent. Um, Rosario seems like she he might be a character, but you find out that it's just it's just a, a corrupting. So the guy influence. who wrote the introduction to this Penguin classic, uh-huh. he talks about how there's. That in some ways, especially when you compare it to, who was that woman that you talked about? Anne Radcliffe. Anne Radcliffe. Yeah. That the women, the way, of course it's problematic the way he describes women. Well, yeah. But there's also these. For us, it's problematic. Problematic. But also he does something that may be a little different. Like even Agnes, um... Even though the forces around her say she's bad or whatever, you don't see her her thinking she's bad. No, that she, you know, had sex with the man she loved and got pregnant. Oh, she never wanted to be a nun. Yeah, she she wants and, to marry this guy. Um, and you've got um, Agnes, who is not Agnes, um, Elvira, who's pretty tough and um, is gonna. 
you know, she has some agency and, um, oh, Antonio's mom, Antonio's mom. Yeah. And even Matilda has, she's kind of a powerful. Yeah. She's a witch. She's a powerful person. She's yeah. a powerful character. Yeah. So, so he proposes that, you know, even though it's, it's problematic, he's doing, he does something different with women in this book that maybe they wouldn't. Yeah. That people wouldn't have done back then, which maybe I'll take his word for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we can, I mean, you, if you read a book, um, in, you know, 2022, um, and you bring your 2022 sensibilities to it, um, the farther you go back, the more horrified you're going to be at how things, people are treated and described. And, um, and so the exercise is to try to think about, how it would have been would have landed on the readers back then um which is a you know a very difficult thing to do and probably impossible uh, but but a good but a, but a good exercise um and i think this book um the some of the characters uh um you know were quite innovative um, and the other thing is he really really just barbecues the Catholic Church. Oh my God! It's for, for all of its superstition and all of its rules and all of its ridiculousness and all of its, its contrivance contrivances and yeah, he is not a fan of the Catholic no. Church, no, at all. <laughs> no, that, and that's <laughs> and that's the horror in it, really. I mean, the I mean, there's the horror of I mean, even the stuff with this with Lucifer is not that's not horror. It, it it lends something else, but what, it's how horrible the people are. Yeah, and was, it's really it, the people that shouldn't be horrible are the horrible. Yeah, it's ones. When, when they when they mention like the Inquisition, that's they're talking about the Catholic Church. Yeah, and that you know people talk about you know Satan's you know this is you're doing what Satan's will, and they're like, well, you know, but he's like, you know, uh, I'm going to tell the Inquis I'm going to bring the Inquisition down on you, and everybody's like, no, oh, no, oh, we're not going to do that. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> that that's what really scares people. In this right. Yes. And then how that crowd goes just berserk with very little evidence. <laughs> very little evidence. <laughs> they burn down the whole... They're all like rah-rah St. Clair. <laughs> and then in, within two seconds, let's burn the fucker down. <laughs> and, I mean, it's just about how horrible people are. Yeah. And Lucifer doesn't have to do much. Yeah. It's so funny that... He doesn't have to do much at all. You no, know, he's, he, he's, not, he's not making anybody do anything. Anything he's simply giving them the options. Choice. Yeah, he's simply giving it's them the really, choice. Yeah, it's all he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he only comes, you know, three quarters way into the book. Yeah, twice. It's really, it's, it's really the horror of the people. Yeah, I mean, just that, and when when Ambrosio finally signs over his soul, it's so well done because Lucifer comes. Um, uh, Ambrosio is like, I'm not, you know. Uh, Matilda explains like, this is what you need to yeah, do she appears in his cell She's like, he's like how did you get out <laughs> I freed myself using Lucifer it's like here so take this book page 7 first line read it backwards <laughs> Lucifer will come and Ambrosio's like I couldn't do that I can't do that I'm a monk I'm, I cannot I cannot you know trade away she's my, like, my your ever choice <laughs> everlasting soul yeah and um, she's like but, out of here sucker Mike drops and then she's gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, and uh, so as he gets more and more scared and more and more desperate to save his skin, um, finally he does read it out and Lucifer shows up in his ugly form and um, produces the papers and, and uh, he starts 
bargaining with Lucifer and says, you know, I will be yours for a thousand years. And Lucifer's like, nope, it has, it's all or nothing. All or nothing. He's like, I can't do that. And so he sends Lucifer away. You're like, ah, he did it. But he, then he hears his footsteps coming down the hall. And so he calls Lucifer back again. Uh, uh, Lucifer, are you there? <laughs> it's He's me, like, Ambrosia. And Lucifer, and this time he does do it. And Lucifer says, you will do, you know, to get out of here, you will sign over your soul. You will not ask for help from God. You will, for, you will forego that for eternity. And he does it. Many, many chances. And Ambrosio fails every one of them. Until... He gets his comeuppance. You see him die, and then assume presumably it's kind of pathetic. It's really pathetic. It's it's a horrible end. In the um, in the the guy who wrote the introduction, he points out that there is no equivalent to Lucifer in this book. There's no angels. There's no, no. calling on heaven for help. There's no. There's none. There is no appearance. Of any of that in this book, it's yeah, only that's, the wicked stuff. Yeah, that's the, and that's super interesting. Um, I mean, you have moral voices, but they're all human. Yeah, they're all, it's all human. Yeah, yep. um, that's I hadn't thought about that, but that's a very interesting uh, contrast. Um, well, I don't think he was the uh, Lewis was um, a religious man. Nah, probably not. I mean, I he's, he's probably. I think he was more of an Enlightenment type guy yeah know. he yeah. might have been he might have been an atheist before we know you know it's it's possible um i mean the 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 forces of of uh of hell in this book are the very strongest forces the strongest forces but they're but ultimately they're very weak because all ambrosio has to do is not sign that paper or make all a different choice at any of a hundred points in this book um that right. other char- other characters right. make all the time. Yes, it's um, just he has all that hu- hubris. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was this holy. He actually thought he was a holy person. Yeah, and that's where he was. That's where he fucked himself. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> he never had been tested. Yeah, he never. Been he didn't tested. know himself. Yeah, he knew his own artifice. Yeah. He believed, you know, he, believed, he, be- he believed he believed his own bullshit. press. He believed his own press. <laughs> he believed his own press. He's gone full Kanye. And that's the real lesson. <laughs> yeah. That's something else. Uh, but that's the um that's I mean that's the moral lesson. Yeah. Right? I, th- I think of um the, uh, another book written around this time that uh, was on everybody every good Christian's shelf in England. Uh, was uh, John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress, which mm. was about, you know, how to, yeah, how to, you know, stay on the path of righteousness and get your well way to heaven. But I got to think that this book was more read than that one was, and oh, prob- probably had a, a better effect. Well, the, <laughs> the criticism of this book was that there was no moral lesson, but I don't agree with that. Oh no! At the time, no, I don't agree with that at all. I think there is a moral lesson in there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a whole thing. Not bank. that things have to have a moral lesson, but I think there was one in there. It's yeah, like, I mean, the whole thing, they talk about, you know, the book opens up with a description of, not the actual text of, but a description of Ambrosio's um, a sermon to, this, yeah. to the crowd. Yeah. And how he paints uh, the, you know, the, the horrors of hell and temptation and everything that's going right. to come to you. Um, and then, but then tells you about, you know, the, the, the light and solace and, and bliss of heaven. 
Um, and th this book then is that first half of that sermon, um, which is the part that everybody like really digs, you know? Right. <laughs> right. He, uh, yeah. Um, I think I need a drink. I do too. We should open up that bottle of Blue Nun. Yes, the Blue <laughs> Bleeding Nun. All right, let's do it. It's cocktail, it's cocktail time. time. So I was thinking of what we could drink, and I came up with a couple of names. You've been thinking about it for a while. I, I have been thinking about it for a while. So the first thing I came up with uh, was uh, was going to be um, uh, the uh, the, monas the monastery roofie, because <laughs> that gets used a lot in this book. Yeah, I was, that was the thing I wanted to talk about. We can talk about it after the cocktail. Sure. But, oh, what the hell? But, but, but then I just thought, you know, the Bleeding Nun, You can I can make a drink called the Bleeding Nun. <laughs> yeah, and you did. And we did. So let's say what, tell, tell the folks what's in it. So what you got to do. The folk. The folk, yeah. So what you got to do is, um, this is not an iced drink, but you do want to drink it cold. So you want to, like, take a bottle of, uh, of um, rum chata and another bottle of uh, Kahlua and put it in the fridge. Let it, get, let it get cold. Um, so then, um, in a shot glass, this is one of those these layered shots, which mm -hmm. are so happy, with, so, so, so popular with the kids. Um, so you take on the back of a so on the first of all, you pour in the uh, half of the shot of Kahlua, and then on the back of a spoon, you pour in uh, the half shot of um, the rum chata. So you have a black layer and a white layer, mm -hmm. and then you've seen this this kinky red liqueur. Because you know the, the the bleeding nun, she was mm -hmm. she was pretty kinky. <laughs> she was red. Um, <laughs> she, she was, was bleeding. <laughs> so so you put you put just a just a trickle of that in the middle. It just sort of pour it like straight in, so it sort of mixes in, um, and, that, and then you shoot it. Yeah, and we did. And, and, and it's tasty. It's it's tasty and weird. It's a kind of weird cinnamony, coffee, mm -hmm. rummy, rice rum chaddy. <laughs> Yeah, so, so here it is. There it is, the bleeding the nun. The bleeding nun. I would have gone for a bottle of blue nun, but <laughs> we okay. could. We could. You take what I'm take what I'm given. You take. You get a bottle of blue nun, and then you just put some red food coloring in. It. <laughs> you got the bleeding. The nun. bleeding nun. Here it is, right, chin, chin, chin chin. Well, that was our delicious cocktail. Let's head on down to, to, to the yield basement. Yield basement. And we're in the basement. What a good place to be. <laughs> so That's where all the books are. That's where all the books are because it's so dry and temperature controlled down here. It was really a bad idea for us I to know. put all the books in I the know. basement. I know. They're all really... We should be going into the attic. They smell very weird. <laughs> yeah. um, so what are we reading? Well, I was um, looking through my... I don't know why I got a free book through... Uh, I get, I'm on Prime and oh, you yeah. get free books. A book every the beginning of every month, and Do this you? was one of the books, and it was an Audible book by this uh, Alma Katsu. Okay. And it's uh, called Werewolf. The Werewolf. Where is spelled W H W E H R. And it's narrated in one of those German Nazi accents. I nice. think. So, uh, it's a novella. Yeah, as in so. like as, as in the Wehrmacht. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, I was thinking we should do that. I think that's a super good idea. I'm all mm. over it, like like hair on a werewolf. I went. If I... <laughs> oh, there's so many drinks we could so make out of that. So many drinks. Wear hair of the wear dog. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. Amakatsu's um, the werewolf. Werewolf. Looking forward uh, to it. Yeah. 
All right, let's get out of the basement. So we're out of the basement, yes. and I forgot that I wanted to point out, like, what the hell is the thing about having sex with sleeping women? What I, the hell? I is that a know. thing back then? <laughs> like, I mean, I, th- I think I mean it's, it's a Bill Cosby esque sort of. Uh, well, it's a it's a control thing. It's a it's a super rapey thing. It's um it's uh the you know the women under your power. I also wonder if it if it with this character it was like well she's um not fighting it so she must oh yeah so much right? of that like it's well, sort of so- it sort of makes it dream you know not dream like like oh what a wonderful yeah. dream but sort of like I can pretend like it's not really happening right right because she's not gonna know yeah well let's let's talk about there's a so there's um there's a couple of there's that's so. The, the, there's a rape right at the end of the book when Ambrosio rapes um, 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 Antonia, and it's horrible. It's um, horrible. It's horrible. Uh, and uh, but there's another rape earlier in the book. It's um, it's it's Don Ramirez essentially rapes Agnes. That's how she gets pregnant. Does he? You don't know because like you're not in the you're not in the room like you are with it Ambrosio like and Antonio. Wa- it seems like it was comp- like they both wanted to have sex. I think they the both did, but I think she was pretty much saying no. And when they were Ugh. done, she's like, "I can't see you anymore. Never come back here." Yeah, so that was a no. Yeah, that was that's pretty much a no. It was a, it's absolutely a no by our standards, um, but but but. By by the uh, by the standards of this book, um, it's borderline. It's yeah. clearly well, they borderline. Don't, yeah, they don't touch on that too much. No, no. But it's he a, wants to marry her. But he wants, she to, wants marry. to marry him. It's, yeah, exactly. But the Antonio and twice he tries with her. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, and there's a whole there is a whole through line of putting people to sleep. It happens in the uh, yeah. it, with the robbers. Yeah, um, and they put the Baroness to sleep and they put um, yep. Don Rodrigo to sleep and um, it's like, wow, what the fuck? <laughs> and you know, I just watched the <laughs> this um, documentary called We Gotta Talk About Bill Cosby. Have you uh-huh. seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't even heard of it's it. It's a black... Uh, Who's this Bill Cosby person? It's this black uh, uh, comedian and he does this documentary and he's interviewing people about Bill, and you're talking about the Bill Cosby story, and sort of as it starts to un yeah unravel. Is this and it's like we've got to talk as a black community. We've got to talk about this, but it's the same damn thing about putting women to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, is this the same? Because I know that um, what I do know about um, uh, how Bill Cosby was finally bought down. It was. Uh, the rumors were out there in the world, but yes, it was a known secret. It was a known secret, but there was a specific comic who got up on stage and said, "Bill Cosby rapes women." Yeah, it was, um, and that forced the issue. Yeah, it was a big comic too. It was uh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, but, but it's it was, not the same guy. No, who's no, doing no, this no, 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 no. And it wasn't done. It wasn't Chappelle. No, it was somebody else, and he was pretty big. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyhow, it's just interesting plot uh, device and kind of 
gross. Yeah, it's kind of... <laughs> and it makes Ambrosio even more yeah, disgusting. Disgusting and, and despicable. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Anything else about this book? Well, I want to thank this book for... Thank you, book. Thank you, book. Oh, you're welcome. So <laughs> for, welcome. For, for giving me some, some, uh, a reason to like try some of these old gothics again. Yeah. Um, I might try, uh, you know, the, the biggest one that I haven't read, the one that everybody talks about is The Mysteries of Udolfo by Anne Radcliffe. It's a big book, but I think I might tackle it. It, mm. it was, and it was, you know, we're, we're, we read this in October, Halloween month. And it was it was a good October book to read. So it I think, was. So I think a, a good it's a good fall read. Not spring, not summer, probably not even winter. But just when the leaves are turning and pumpkins are getting carved, it's, it's true like spooky gothic novel like the original ones. So next year I'm going to give it a shot. All right, uh, Matthew Lewis, uh, his flame burned bright and quick, and yeah. he died young on a ship and was buried at sea. He was buried at sea and. Uh, um, yeah. Did you know? So he's he was a uh, um, he was a landowner in Jamaica. Yeah, that was a problematic piece. But he tried to do reforms. Apparently, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> he still had slaves. Still had slaves. Enslaved but... people, uh, which mm-hmm. was not cool. But he also tried to do something different. Yeah. And people and people did not like him for that. Yeah. Um, and yeah. he died. Yeah. Um, poor guy. Yeah, he, he was buried at sea. Very at sea. Yeah. Um, well, anything else? I don't about this book. Or I don't anything? think so. I'm right. just. I'm really happy we read it. I this am is, too. I'm I, glad we did. It was. It wasn't a chore as I thought it was going to be. Yes, I thought. I, I thought, thought it was, was going to be, be a chore. Like, God damn it! <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's it then. What should we do with this puppy? Well, let's um, let's uh, let's attach it to the bottom of a drone, and fly it way. Up in the air. I always think we should just get it to a nunnery. Oh, that's an even better idea. Put the drone away. Get, <laughs> you go, get me to a nunnery. Get me to a nunnery. And you can just live with that. <laughs> live with that. Right. I don't know. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.
Scoundrel teenagers. 